0: though, is this. What are you dedicated to? What are you dedicated to? I want you to keep that in your mind as we move through here. So we're going to pick up in Second Chronicles chapter 6. And what's happened here is Solomon has this time of prayer for the people. He has, he has built um, the, the temple for the Lord. And and in chapter five, he goes through like all this amazing stuff where he's praying this beautiful prayer. I I encourage you to read it. And then, but in chapter six, he ends the prayer for the dedication of the temple of God. He ends the prayer this way: 2 Chronicles chapter 6, verse 41 through 42. And he says this: he says, And now arise, O Lord God, and go to your resting place, you and the ark of your might. Let your priests, O Lord God, be clothed with salvation. Let your saints rejoice in your goodness. O Lord God, do not turn away the face of your anointed one. Remember your steadfast love for David, your servant. And God responds to Solomon's prayer in this way. And we go from chapter 6 into chapter 7. And we're going to read through this, verses 1 through 22. And so we're going to listen to what God said. So the Bible says, as soon as Solomon finished his prayer, it's one of those things where... And when I read through scripture, sometimes I'm like, man, I wish I was there for that. And, and so here they are. Solomon has this great prayer. He, he makes this request of God. And as soon as he finishes his prayer, fire came down from heaven whoosh, and consumed the burnt offering and the sacrifices and the glory of the Lord filled the temple. I just think how great it would be just. A, ah. And the priest could not enter the house of the Lord because the glory of the Lord filled the Lord's house when all the people of Israel saw the fire come down and the glory of the Lord on the temple, they bowed down their faces to the ground on the pavement and worshiped and gave thanks to the Lord, saying, for he is good, for his steadfast love endures forever. Then the king and all the people offered sacrifice before the Lord. King Solomon offered as a sacrifice 22,000 oxen. I'll let that sink in for just a second. And 120,000 sheep. So the king and all the people dedicated the house of God. The priests stood at their posts, and the Levites also with the instruments for the music to the Lord. That King David had made for giving thanks to the Lord for His steadfast love endures forever. Whenever David offered, uh, excuse me, whenever David offered praises. By their ministry, opposite them, the priests sounded trumpets, and all Israel stood. And Solomon consecrated the middle of the court that was before the house of the Lord. For there he offered the burnt offering and the fat of the peace offerings, because the bronze altar Solomon had made could not hold the burnt offering and could not hold the grain offering and the fat. How awesome would that be if our, if our little table right here could not hold the offering that we brought in to the Lord one Sunday? Wouldn't that be awesome? Like, there you go. There's a challenge. Come on, make it happen. I just, when I think about that, just, what he built, and it was way big. He built this, this bronze, this, 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 uh, this offer, this bronze altar, but it wouldn't hold all that was being offered. Uh, sorry, verse 8 At that time, Solomon held the feast for seven days, and all of Israel with him, a very great assembly from Lebohemoth to, bro- to the brook of Egypt. And on the eighth day, they held a solemn assembly, for they had kept the dedication. "...of the altar seven days, and the feast seven days. On the twenty-third day of the seventh month, he sent the people away to their homes, joyful and glad of heart for the prosperity that the Lord had granted to David and to Solomon and to Israel, his people." And then Solomon, the Bible says, "...thus Solomon finished the house of the Lord and the king's house." And, sorry, just lost my play. and and the, all, the, all that Solomon had planned to do in the house of the Lord and in his own house, he successfully accomplished. Then the Lord appeared to Solomon in the night and said to him, I have heard your prayer. I had to pause there because I was reading this. And I was like, the fire coming from heaven, I think, would have been a good sign that God heard his prayer. But that was just accepting the offering. And so God comes back around and he says to Solomon, I have heard your prayer. And have chosen this place for myself as a house of sacrifice. God said, When I shut up the heavens so that there is no rain, or command the locusts to devour the land, or send pestilence among my people, if my people who are called by my name humble themselves and pray and seek my face and turn from their wicked ways, then I will hear from heaven and will forgive their sin and heal their land. Now my eyes will be open and my ears attentive to the prayer that is made in this place. For now I have chosen and consecrated this house that my name may be there forevermore. My eyes and my heart will be there for all time. And as for you, if you will walk before me as David your father walked, and this is directly to Solomon, doing according to all that I've commanded you and keeping my statutes and my rules, then I will establish your royal throne as I covenanted with David your father, saying... You shall not lack a man to rule Israel. But if you turn aside and forsake my status and my commandments that I have set before you and go and serve other gods and worship them, then I will pluck you up from my land that I have given you and this house that I have consecrated for my name, I will cast out of my sight and I will make it a proverb and a byword among all people. And at this house which was exalted, everyone passing by will be astonished and say, why has the Lord done thus to this land and to this house? Then they will say, because they abandoned the Lord, the God of of their fathers, who brought them out of the land of Egypt and laid hold on other gods and worshiped them and served them. Therefore, he has brought disaster on them. So, I want to back way up. David had a plan. King David had this, had this great idea. He said, we're going we're to build a house for the Lord. We're going to build a temple. And he, and he plans it all out. He's got all this stuff. And he presents the plan to God. And God says, that's a nice temple. But you're not going to build it. Er, wait a minute. But I did, it's all this planning. I have all these ideas and how we can do it. And I have all the resources God told David he was not going to be allowed to build the temple because he was a man of blood. And and right there, David has this forward momentum coming into kind of his later years as king, and God just kind of brings it to a screeching halt, and he says, no, I'm going to reroute your plans for building the temple. He says, however, your son Solomon will build the temple. Now, there's usually a couple of things that happen with this because we're human, and people do weird things. Sometimes when, when someone says to you, when you... Has anyone ever been bypassed for a promotion? Anyone? Anyone? You know you're up for it. And, and then out of the blue, like, bill and accounting got it. And you're like, what? Where would that even come from? I've been working all the, doing all this stuff. That's kind of what happened here. David's got this, this heart. He's a man after God's own heart. And he's got this plan. And he, he presents it. He brings this gift. He's like, look what I want to do for you, God. And God said, man, that's great, but you don't get to do it. What? Solomon is. and so... Sometimes jealousy can rear its ugly head in these situations when God is rerouting us a little bit. But that didn't happen here. You see, because David didn't, he didn't become jealous. He didn't become angry. He didn't get angry with God. He didn't get, get angry that Solomon was going to build the temple. He didn't, he didn't jeopardize the project in any way. He actually made sure that Solomon had what he needed to build the temple. A, a buddy of mine, I was talking to this last week, he said, hey, you know, David wanted to build the temple. God said no. And so David said, well, then I'm going to raise the money. He went out. He was like, he's like, I'm gonna fundraise. He's like, he started calling people. No, he didn't. But but he did the fundraising. He 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 got everything together so that Solomon could build the temple. He didn't drain the kingdom of resources. See, a selfish king would have been like, oh, I can't build a kingdom. I can't build the temple. Hey, kingdom party. We're just, gonna, we're just gonna use all the gold. We're gonna use all the stuff. We're gonna use the cedar from Lebanon and have a big bonfire. You know, he's like, we'll do these things. David didn't do that. He made sure. That he left things for Solomon. He made sure he left things better than he found them, so to speak. And he left for Solomon everything that he would need to carry on the legacy that God had set up in David's family line. That's one of the things that David was dedicated to. He was dedicated to making sure that that he did his part in fulfilling the promise that God gave him. And he was also dedicated to God. The Bible calls David a man after God's own heart. It doesn't call him a perfect man. Okay, understand that. It doesn't say, David was a perfect man. It said David was a man after God's own heart. David was committed to God. He made mistakes, but he was still committed to God. He still knew where his confidence was. He still knew who he was dedicated to. He was not a perfect father. You know, Proverbs says, if um, you raise up a child in the way that you go, and when they are old, they will not turn from it. And, except for when they do. And, and so if you are like, well, wait a second. David David wasn't the best dad. Some of his sons not only turned from God, but they completely rebelled against him, tried to steal the throne from him. Listen, if that's happening in your life with your adult children, then your your dedication is to be praying for them, that God will reroute them. Okay? David let God deal with his children. You need to be praying for them. You need to be praying for their families. Uh, Men, I want to tell you this. If you have been given the gift of family, you have also been given the responsibility to raise them up and protect them in the lord simply put god has asked you to be dedicated to him first and then to your family whether you're married or not you need to hear that if you're a young man not yet married if you're if you're a little bit older young man getting ready to be married. If, you're, if it's even a thought in your brain, you need to hear this. If you're already married, if you've been married for 40 years, you need to know that if you've been given the gift of family, you've been given the responsibility to raise them up and protect them in the Lord. God has asked you to be dedicated to Him first and then to your family. Dane Tyler is the founder of a, a ministry in Tulsa, Oklahoma. And uh, it's called the Home Improvement Ministry. And I, I listened to his... Um, his his blogs and, and or what do they call those things? Um, thank you podcast. I read his blog, listen to his podcast. Not as hip as I want to be sometimes. I listen to him, and uh, and he 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 said this. He wrote this um, because his his ministry exists to assist churches in their efforts to help individuals and families in in our society today. And he wrote this concerning what men should be dedicated to. And I want to share it to to our men today. It's based off of Proverbs thirty one. And so some of the women in the room are like, wait a minute, that's ours. That is our proverb and you're taking it on Father's Day. You can't do that. It's okay, ladies, just back me up on this one. Because we do, we look at this particular scripture through the lens of, of the Proverbs 31 woman and what she is committed to. And Dane says the Proverbs 31 woman is that superwoman of Solomon's last proverb who inspires some women, intimidates many others, and irritates still others. He says, she's not a real woman. She's the ideal woman. A real woman can get tired just reading about her. (laughs) So no wonder women internally cringe at her mention. And and he makes a side note that it's not wise to preach on Proverbs 31 on Mother's Day. But that's, that's, I thought that was pretty funny. So who is this superwoman? The Bible says she is the wife of noble character who is worth far more than rubies. She is wise and virtuous and vigorously industrious. She is a servant par excellence. She blesses not only her family, but her community as well. We all know her, but I want to look briefly at the man in the text and what what he is dedicated to. You see, the Proverbs 31 man, her husband, the text tells tells us this too. It says, her children arise and call her blessed, her husband also, and he praises her. Many women do noble things, but you surpass them all. The text doesn't tell us exactly what her husband does for a living. We only know that he sits as a respected party among the leaders at the city gate. And the proverb ends with this statement. Let her works bring her praise at the city gate. And who is at the city gate to praise her? Well, it should be her husband. I suspect that most Proverbs 31 women are joined to a Proverbs 31 man, is what Dane says. A man who blesses her. A man who praises her. He speaks well to her. He speaks well about her. See, I believe, Dane says, he believes a logical link exists between these two people. He is successful in part because of her manifold excellence. And her excellence is fueled by his affirmations. Do you see how it's kind of a cyclical relationship? Gentlemen, if you want to be successful, if you want a Proverbs 31 woman, Dane says, be committed to being a Proverbs 31 man. Encourage and praise your wife. Young men, if you're not married, listen to what I'm saying because you will be one day. Okay? Encourage and praise your wife. Bless her with your words and your actions. Don't curse her with either. Speak well of her when you're around your buddies. That's that whole... We don't have a city gate anymore, so to speak. All right? Some of you high school, college, you got a locker room. It's your city gate. Some of you professional men, you got a water cooler. That's your city gate. You walk into the board meeting. You don't walk in talking about the old ball and chain kept me out mowing the yard last night. No. You walk in and you speak well of her when you're around those people. You speak well of her when you're around others. With your words, you have the power. And by the way, women, young women, if you're listening to this, and there's a man in your life that's not doing these things, Come let me know. Me and the elders will come by with some big sticks. (laughs) All right. We'll, yeah, we'll take care of it. No, but seriously, speak well. Um, With your words, we have the power, and this is men and women alike, but men, we have the power to refuel them or to deplete the dwindling resources in their life. Matthew 12, 20, Jesus says that we need to beware of breaking an already bruised reed. Beware of, of smoldering, of extinguishing a smoldering wick. We need to handle the ladies in our world gently. Men, we need to be aware of silence too. All right? Don't assume that she knows you appreciate her. Well, I told her when we got married I loved her. If I changed my mind, I'll let her know. No. It's not how that works. Silence is not golden. You're not a movie theater. Listen, you may have pride yourself on the strong silent type. No. The Proverbs 31 man, he's a strong verbal type. Adjust, brothers. Tell her you love her. Tell her she's good. Don't, Don't leave her thinking in her mind, am I good? Does he love me? Tell her. Sometimes great strength is required in order to be silent. However, at other times, strength is is required to speak. God can give you the strength for either challenge. The natural dynamics of relationships give you abundant opportunities to choose which one you're going to do. Speak up or be silent. Bless or curse. Praise or complain. Build up or tear down. Energize or drain her remaining energy. So men, I challenge you to choose well. Dane closes out his thoughts on the Proverbs 31 man with a challenge to both men and women. He says, finally, if your Proverbs 31 woman seems a few chapters behind, address it openly, honestly, and kindly with her. If that doesn't work, he he suggests talk to your pastor or or find a godly counselor. But whatever you do, don't bellyache at the city gate about her. And remember, men, the most important issue is this. We need to make sure that we're not a few chapters behind. In knowing our foundation and knowing our true north, we need to be ahead, leading, not behind, tearing her down because we don't think she's what she's supposed to be. Men, it's time for us to be a Proverbs 31 man. We need to be prepared to do whatever it takes to leave a legacy like King David. He wasn't perfect. He made mistakes. But when God rerouted King David, it's like Lorna said about the song they sang, it's sometimes you just feel like King David. You're like, yay! and it's great and you're worshiping oh God's great and then you go do something stupid and you're like oh what was I thinking man God turns you back around shows you true north sets you back up dusts you off we need to be doing whatever it takes to leave that kind of legacy no you don't have to provide the resources to your family to build a temple to God that's not that's not what God's asking you to do but you do need to be dedicated to laying the foundation to raising up your family to honoring your wife in a way that honors God men what you are committed to is what your family will be committed to don't believe me listen to this Barna research from two years ago shows that when a man comes into an intentional relationship with Jesus Christ 93% of the time the whole family will follow when a woman comes into an intentional relationship with Jesus Christ 17% of the time the whole family will follow When our kids come into an intentional relationship with Christ, 3.5% of the time, the whole family will follow. No pressure, men. Get busy. 93% of the time. Whether you want to be or not, you are the leader of your house. And what you're dedicated to is what your family will be dedicated to. So as we come to our response time this morning, I want to throw one more thing at you. And this is the question. Who are you dedicated to? What are you dedicated to? See, even at work or at the sports field with your kids, man, you could be the key to another man coming to Jesus and bringing his family. If you're dedicated to God, if you're raising your family on that foundation, it's going to show whether you're at work, speaking well of your wife, whether you're on a sports field, affirming your kids, affirming your wife, doing these things publicly, that's where people are going to notice that you're different than everyone else. That's where people are going to see a reflection of Christ in you. You could be the key to another man coming to Jesus and bringing his family. Here at HCC, we're committed to discipleship and missions and community, family. That's what go to win and commit to grow are all about. It it takes work. It takes intentionality. It takes time away from your favorite video game or your solo hobby. But when you're committed to your Lord and Savior Jesus Christ, when you're committed to loving your wife and speaking positive things about her, and, and when you're committed to loving your kids and actually raising them and spending time with them, when you're committed to those things, your friends and your co-workers and the people in the community will see that you're a man who lives his life as a reflection of Christ. They will see that Not only is your wife a Proverbs 31 woman, but that you are a Proverbs 31 man. But it all starts with allowing God to reroute us. What's God asking you to set down or do differently so that the family he has blessed you with and entrusted into your care will know that you love them and that you're committed to them? That's what you have to decide. That goes for men or women. And and I know we've got got some, some single moms who are doing a great job being, being both mom and dad. And, and I, well done. I have a candy bar for you also. All right. Um, and I'm serious because it's a hard job to do. And, and it's not something that we always choose. But, but you all do it well. Um, and so keep this message for you also. Continue to be what you are. Continue that foundation that you've started your children on. As we come to our response time this morning, I pray that You've been encouraged by the story of David and Solomon. David loved Solomon; he loved God more, all right. And um, and he provided what was needed, so that Solomon could build that temple that that God filled with fire. That the offering was so much it couldn't; that there wasn't room on the on the table, if you will. I pray you've been encouraged by these things. I pray that you've heard God's words. As we sing our response song this morning, I pray that you'll respond to God rerouting you with humility and a desire to be a Proverbs 31 man. If you need prayer and support or or encouragement as you allow God to reroute you, um, our elders are here, they'd love to pray with you. Whatever that looks like, whatever your response is this morning, will you stand and sing our response song with us and respond to God accordingly?